Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah.
0-3 games against the Broncos. They blew that 21-point lead this past Sunday, and the Broncos got the game against the Bears. So, uh, fast start they had last week, too, but they blew it. So, we will see what happens in our nation's capital tonight between the Bears and the Commanders. Lots of other games going on this weekend. Got plenty of football stuff to get to. I'm still hoping that T.P. Dynamist or Chandler will show up with me tonight, giving them a couple minutes. I want to give a shout-out to sponsors, PHI Apparel. Check them out at phiapparel.co. You get – they have all the – listen, the the Phillies are now going to – the National Division Series against the Atlanta Braves in Atlanta this weekend. I'm going to talk more about that in just a minute uh, as we kind of preview those league championship series. We've got a couple other things to get to tonight before that, but uh, phiapparel.co. Use promo code at Chef at checkout. Man, they got some real cool designs. You get your Bryce Hopper, get your Trey Turner jersey. Trey Turner going to be there for a while and has really settled in since a standing ovation beginning of August. Uh, 3.30 plus or something sick since that. So lots of good Philly players are going to be part of that franchise for a good while. I know they're going to be showing up 40,000 strong in games three and four if it goes to four in this league championship series, which will be next Wednesday and Thursday. So a week from today will be game four of that series. You want to get some new threads uh, for that series and or uh, for your Eagles game. 76ers, uh, you know, Flyers start a new season as well. So check them out. Uh, they got unique designs. You'll stand out in the crowd. You'll really like their products. Use the promo code CHEFS at checkout. Let them know that uh, Sports City Chef sent you. You get 15% off at checkout, and it helps us as well. So phiapparel.co, promo code CHEFS at checkout, gets you 15% off. Thanks to PHI Apparel for sponsoring what we do. Definitely appreciate you, and we'll continue to shout you out. Uh, <clears throat> shout out to all the other chefs and other shows that we have throughout the week. We'll hit that on the back side. I want to get to some of this stuff as quick as I can. So updating the wild card round of the Major League Baseball playoffs. All sweeps. The... Texas Rangers go in behind two good pitching performances and win two straight against the Tampa Bay Rays, in which the Rays only scored one run in two games. Uh, Chandler, my co-host, has been talking all year, and I believe in that Bruce Bochy is going to help the Texas Rangers reach some different heights. And uh, now they go into Tampa, win two games in advance, to the National League Division Series coming up this weekend, in which they will play the Minnesota Twins. The Minnesota Twins got their first playoff win of any kind since 2004 and their first series win of any kind since 2002 and their first ever postseason series sweep. They take care of the Toronto Blue Jays in two straight, in which... Uh, the Twins got some good pitching performances as well. Royce Lewis with a couple home runs in game one. Carlos Correa with a couple very uh, heads-up plays and a couple good pieces of hitting as well. Uh, I think the Blue Jays played terrible. They lost a couple runners on the bases, and the Twins just did all the little things right. Uh, and the Twins are the better team in this series, uh, just like they were when they played Toronto during the regular season. So uh, the Minnesota Twins advanced to the American League Division Series as well. Now, those two teams, Texas is traveling to Baltimore to play the Cinderella Story Baltimore Orioles. Uh, American League East champs, best record in the American League. And I got somebody just popped into the room. Hello. Hey, man, sorry about that. I actually lost track of time I was laying down. Are you good? We just uh, just get into the show. My co-host Taylor Knight showing up. I'm just updating uh, how the that we had sweeps across the board in and playoffs. Before we get on to what predicting what they're going to do next, I just talked about the two American League uh, 
uh, series, Minnesota taking care of Toronto in two games and Texas over Tampa. Uh, do you have any comments you want to weigh in on those two series at, at this point right now? Um, you said the American League, right? Yeah. Uh, the only comment I have is good for Minnesota. And basically, um, what Toronto did is the reason why people hate analytics, is the reason why you can't blame managers for anything anymore, because managers don't get to manage games. That call wasn't Schneider's, and they lost their series because of it, so... This is what we got now. Thank you, Rob Manfred and you analytics clowns. And what Chandler is referring to, Jose Barrios from Minnesota, uh, Toronto Blue Jays, back home in Minnesota where he played a big point of his career, got pulled very early after only like 46, 47 innings, uh, 47 pitches, innings, 46 pitches. Uh, it was like the third inning, fourth inning of this ball game. I mean, definitely not where you want to be pulling a starter, especially when you know you were going to have to win two games Why you go to your bullpen so early and you don't let one of your best pitchers actually do his thing. We saw the exact opposite last night, Chandler, in Milwaukee. Uh, Zach Gallen goes out in the first inning. The Brewers are able to work some counts. They jumped on Zach Gallon early, sent seven batters to the plate, and scored two runs. Uh, the, what I read today was Gallon walked in the dugout and, and told his manager, give me 110 pitches tonight, and I'll give you seven innings. And Laveau said, cool, go prove it. You're good. And he didn't quite give him seven. He gave him 100 pitches, and he gave him six innings, but he still pitched into that ball game and was allowed to pitch through it. And, and the Diamondbacks came back. Uh, so, yeah, just kind of focusing on uh, these series, Chandler, going to hit a couple of news and notes, and then we'll get predictions on uh, the division series in, in just a moment. So uh, you mentioned those two things about Minnesota. Anything you want to say about Texas, Tampa Bay, before we move on to the National League? Um, why is there a team in Tampa Bay? Why is there a team in Tampa Bay? Why is there a team in Tampa Bay? It's obvious that the fans – don't want to travel to where that ballpark is located because it's not convenient. It's to hell and gone. Okay? Yet you screwed over Oakland, but there's still a team in Tampa Bay. And I expected Texas to win, so they're doing exactly what I thought they would. Yeah, and I gave you a shout-out for that right before you popped in the room. Uh, And the interesting thing to me about uh, Tampa is, They recently have signed a deal to build a new stadium, but it's not in Tampa either. It's in St. Pete as well. I'm not sure. Uh, I had to talk to somebody that's more familiar with the Tampa area about uh, the location of this, the the new, where they're going to build the new park, which is also going to be a dome stadium, but the location of that versus uh, the location of the, uh, Dome they're playing in now, and TP said it last night. It's gloomy. You got the catwalk. Things are a lot different. It's just not an appealing place to see a ball game. But yeah, nineteen thousand for listen, a playoff game. It, listen, it kind of put it kind of put me in the mindset of what I saw. Uh, you know, the the Atlanta Braves only had the one World Series title, but they had all those division titles for a while. You know what I'm saying? Like before they hit that ten year drought, before they got back to the playoffs again, really. Uh, and it kind of reminded me of, like, early 2000s, uh, them putting the Atlanta Braves in, like, that 1 o'clock Eastern time slot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, for the playoff games, because there were some times at Turner Field that uh, it didn't look very good as far as attendance either. But 19,000 people uh, for a postseason game, not pretty at all for Tampa. Uh, yeah, look, I, I lived in Minneapolis, okay, when the when the Metrodome was still there. Um, as a vet, I would get free tickets. That was a terrible place to watch a game. It was but they terrible. It out. Yet, yet, the fans came, okay? The problem is not the ballpark in Tampa. The problem is the location. 
They can keep talking about catwalks and grooming and all of that. Listen, sitting in that, if you were there from the Metrodome, you felt like you were in a gymnasium, a high school gymnasium, okay? The, the doggone turf field looked like ragged carpet. Yet they filled that stadium, even when those teams weren't good. So they don't have an excuse, man. They, it's, it's, you know what? I'm, I'm done. With, I'm done with the Rays. And this is a good regular season team that always finds a way to compete in the regular season. But once again, a very poor offensive performance. And to your point, I mentioned Carlos Correa when you came in. Uh, so just a, a veteran guy, though. At the end of the first inning the top of the first, he walked up to Sonny Gray and said, as loud as it's getting in here, the base runners cannot hear the third base coach telling them to get back when you're about to step off kind of thing. And so he said, keep an eye out for the time being pick play because it's going to be there at some point tonight. And then in the fifth inning, Rochette's taking his lead off second base, and Sonny Gray receives on his pitch comm the timing pick play at second base, steps off, executes a perfect pickoff play, picks him off, kills the rally. Uh, then he got the next. He, then he got the next guy, got out of it. But then they found out in the dugout it was actually Carlos Correa who, from the field, signaled to the coaches to call the play. Uh, and and it worked. I mean, you know, pitch com devices now, whatever they pulled it off. But uh, that that just underscores the absolute difference in the two uh, home field environments, right? One of them being, you know, tough on the visitors, and another one just seeming like there were times in yesterday's game because I had this on at work while I was uh, working away. There were times that. You know, I, I heard uh, cheers and noises from the audience when the Rangers did some things in that game. It may, makes me wonder, out of the 19,000 that there the first night, I don't know what it was the second day, but it might be a percentage of those fans ended up being Rangers fans who decided to make that trip out there to watch them play. Because uh, it's been a little while since the Rangers have been – uh, in the postseason, so I wouldn't be surprised if there was a, a good number of Rangers fans uh, in that ballpark this week. Then we go to the National League. They had to come back both nights with the Arizona Diamondbacks, a team that Chandler and I both talked about this year. Chandler's mentioned multiple times how exciting this team is. They run, they're young. Uh, they make things happen on the bases, and they're solid. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks win two straight in Milwaukee to clinch that series in two games, and then the Philadelphia Phillies take care of business against the Miami Marlins. The big blow last night was a Bryson Stott uh, grand slam. Uh, Bryce Harper is a monster in the postseason, too, though. Uh, he's just an assassin, man. So uh, the Phillies take care of business and take care of the Marlins. A uh, couple of news and notes in baseball, and then we're going to talk about the series coming up. But, Chandler, before we do that, uh, any thoughts you have on either of those two series uh, in the National League? No, they worked out exactly what I thought they would. We know the Brewers, what they do. They win a division and lose in the playoffs. Um, the Marlins are were a year early. so, um, But I know this, Arizona can't afford to let Philly get, get those early leads. They won't come back on them. So Arizona needs to tighten that up. Arizona is going to LA. Uh, and Philly's going to oh, Atlanta. Well, so. that actually, you know what? That actually will be a good series then because they played the Dodgers tough all year. I thought they were going to play the Phillies. They played the Dodgers tough all year. Um, yeah, that's they, going to be a they, really good series. They really do. And, and, and that's, that's something we're going to hit in a minute in the National League. We're going to break those two down. Uh, a couple of news and notes around Major League Baseball. Uh, just a day or two ago, the Angels announced that Phil Nevin is not going to be back as manager. Not surprised. But here's the funny thing to me, and this is what I, I agree. We've talked about this before. We need to sell the team. But Perry Manasia, the general manager, said, this is not really on him. We need to do a better job evaluating, and it starts with me. 
Uh, so it's interesting. You fire fire the manager, but yet you take all accountability. However, nobody fired him. So the general manager yeah. of the Angels is still there, uh, while the manager mm-hmm. just made the scapegoat. Uh, Gabe Kapler lost his job in San Francisco uh, as the manager there. Uh, Buck Showalter's not coming back as the Mets manager. I think that's the best thing for the Mets, especially next year. He was reluctant to play some of the young guys. And this Mets team is probably, honestly, probably targeting 25 to be the next year they really compete uh, from everything I've read. So we'll see. Uh, but I think Showalter needed to move on from the Mets as well. Any uh, So, Chandler, you can go any way you want with it. Kaffer, Showalter, uh, Nevin, Manasia, uh and then uh, any, any of those managerial moves. And then the other one that really jumps out, I want to throw this last one out there, because I thought this needed to happen, and I think he was probably told that he was going to be let go if not. But also today announced A.J. Preller, the general manager of the San Diego Padres is resigning from his post as well. I didn't know about that because Bob Melvin should have been the one not coming back to San Diego, not A.J. Preller. Um, And I'm going to keep saying that Bob Melvin shouldn't have a job. Bob Melvin should not have a job. Bob Melvin should not have a job. Uh, A.J. Preller took, I don't know why he took the fall, because he assembled the right team. The manager... Uh, did not manage that team. There was too much stuff coming out, too much stuff coming out um, from everywhere about how that, what that clubhouse was like. What the hell is the manager there for if not to just manage the clubhouse? Um, Kapler's a little shocking. I didn't see that one coming. I was not a huge Gabe Kapler fan, but I don't think that – I think the Giants finished about where they were supposed to with the team that they put together, you know. Um, it wasn't a great team. It wasn't a bad team. It was a meh team, and they were meh. But um, Phil Nevin, listen, I don't know how Perry, uh, Perry Menager still has a job. I'm sorry. I don't know how he still has a job. And Showalter, like I said, if Showalter wasn't so stuck on, on sticking with his his favorite veterans, um, he'd still have a job because we've seen him do this everywhere he's been from putting in – Roger McDowell instead of uh, Mariano Rivera, um, not putting in his reliever who had, uh, I think, 46 saves. I can never remember his name, the left-hander in Baltimore, but he didn't put him in the game to close the game. They lost the series in the playoffs. This is what Buck does. He refuses to do the obvious thing because he wants to be smarter and, oh, I'm going with this. Okay, Buck, now you don't have a job. So, you know what? I don't know, man, but A.J. Preller shouldn't be the one out in San Diego. It should be Bob Melvin. Well, I actually agree with you half and half. I agree. I, we pretty much are saying the same thing on Manasia. Uh, I We pretty much are saying the same thing on Showalter. Uh, and, you know, I think that Melvin and Preller need to go. I, I, I just think that Preller has – I understand that you know, as Steve Phillips says, prospects will get you fired. Uh, but I think that uh, Preller has been has been way too willy-nilly about gutting that farm system and trading away lots of really good prospects. Uh, I, I think they both should have gone, to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah, People do realize that ownership is the one who, who, who greenlights those type of things, right? That those uh, things are made it. in a vacuum. Okay, so... We're not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and blame the general manager for ownership decisions. I'm not. This was a hands-on ownership know, group. We don't know how many of these trades were initiated by ownership and how many of them were deals that AJ Preller took to ownership for approval. It doesn't matter I, if they did. If they if they agreed with the deal, you can't then turn around and be like, "Oh, you shouldn't have made that deal." Actually, I can, and, and here's why. Because <laughs> I pay you as general manager to make deals that you think are best for the team. I'm going to sign off on them and allow you to do your job, but if I feel like later on that these weren't great deals, 
it may not be necessarily an indictment on you. I'm not necessarily, but I could say I think it's time for a new voice in here to run this front office. I I, I think that's okay. I think that's my prerogative as an owner. Okay, that's fine. But you, I built you a super team, and the manager let the clubhouse go to shit. But it's my fault. Okay, I got you. I uh, I think if one of them were going to go, it should have been Melvin. I agree with you on that. But I'm I'm not as I'm not as high on AJ Preller as some are as a general manager. I'll, I'll just say that. Um, but the, I, I was somewhat shocked by Kappa, and and I think my the only other point that I'll say about the Giants real quick is. I think that they were a mad team. I think that's how they finished. I think that what happened was and there was a point in this season where they punched above their weight, where they, you know, they hit a hot streak, and so they were playing better than expected. And so we talked about them surprising people or whatever. But eventually you play enough games like you do in baseball, and, you know, you're going to come down. If you're an average team, you're eventually going to show it. The Giants were very poor offensively uh, late in the season. Some of the rookies that came up didn't adjust as well to what uh, pitchers were doing. I mean, we know baseball is a game of adjustments, so they started struggling as well. Uh, And this team regressed to the mean and regressed to the point that we thought that they were going to be. And I think, though – as good as they played early in the year, they played terrible late. They were one of one of the worst teams in baseball in the last month, month and a half of the season, uh, especially in September. And so, unfortunately, I think Kapler got got made the scapegoat, and they were able to use that as a reason to run him out. Uh, but I just, yeah, I, I don't agree. I don't agree with that move. I'm not a huge Gabe Kapler guy either, but you can only do so much when you – you know, when you don't have the right pieces uh, to contend. So those are major uh, news around baseball. Uh, David Stern introduced as president of baseball operations for the Mets, team he grew up rooting for in his life. Uh, any thoughts on that, Chandler, before we move on? No. <laughs> Not David Stern. David Stern was the uh, – NBA commissioner. This is the other dude. Uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, his name is David Stern. David Stern. Okay. No, never mind. That's right. Uh, yeah, introduced as general as uh, for the Mets. Okay, so now, real quick, before we move on from baseball, uh, let's start in the American League. The interesting thing is, in the American League, there's no common, there's no division opponents, uh, and the National League. That's all we got. So. In the American League, real quick, Chandler, get your thoughts, and I'll come back on mine. We have the Texas Rangers lined up for a best-of-five series against the Baltimore Orioles. Your thoughts on the series, uh, either keys for both teams or prediction, wherever you want to go with this. I think Rangers are going to win. It's going to be a really good series, but I think the Rangers win. All right. And this series takes place Saturday, Sunday. And then Monday, Tuesday, and then if there is a game five, it will. I'm sorry, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and if there is a game five, it will be next Friday. So that is the uh, how the American League series are going to stack up. Uh, now, uh, I think the Rangers are probably going to win this series too. Uh, this is a very, very good offensive team, and I think. I think their starting pitching can hold up. Bruce Bochy, as we talked about before, knows how to manage a pitching staff. You know, he went with Montgomery and Evaldi, and we may not see him, but uh, Max Scherzer did throw a successful pain-free bullpen yesterday uh, for the first time, so he could show up at some point in this series. But I think Bochy can mix and match and work this pitching staff enough to get this done. Uh, but I do think this is going to be be a very, very entertaining series uh, to watch in the American League playoffs. Saturday and Sunday, we got – or not Sunday, but Saturday, we, all four 
series start off. Two American leagues play. American League teams play on on Sunday. The National League skips a day between one and two. So uh, we will then look the other American League series. The Minnesota Twins are traveling down to Texas to play the Houston Astros in a best of five as well. Chandler, thoughts, keys, or predictions on this series? Twins. Going with the Twins. I was impressed with what I saw from Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez. The bullpen locked it down for the Twins. Uh, I I think the Twins really have a legit shot in this series. Uh, to me, uh, you know, Carlos Correa is very familiar with Houston in that part. Uh, you know, you got to keep him on the field. Uh, if Royce Lewis can step up uh, for them as well. Uh, this is going to be an interesting series, too. I expect it to be entertaining. Uh, I'm not sure. I think this is a good matchup for the Twins, though, for sure. Uh, I would love it if we could have a Twins-Rangers uh, American League Championship Series. Uh, I, I think that would be a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, and then now the National League, we have – the interesting thing is both of these division series are uh, intra-division, if you will, and as far as these teams matching up against each other. Uh, the first one has the number two seed of Los Angeles Dodgers hosting the Arizona Diamondbacks. You just said it's going to be a good series. Uh, you got any thoughts or predictions on this one? I think Arizona's going to win. I think so, too. And, and I'll tell you why, because I think we'll see what happens with Kershaw. Uh, he has pitched well down the stretch. But Arizona with Kelly and with Gallon, and with what they've been able to put together, I, I like their starting staff better. Uh, and I think that I, I just I don't know that the Dodgers have enough on the mound. In the postseason, I think offensively they're going to hit, and I think you may see a game or two where they are really able to, where they are really able to smack them around, like towards the back of that rotation. And as long as the Arizona Diamondbacks can flush one of those games, and maybe they get routed in, I think they'll be fine. Uh, you know, Merrill Kelly is going to be able to start game one, and then with the off day in between, so the National League games are going Sunday, Monday. I mean, Saturday, Monday, excuse me, and then Wednesday, Thursday, and then game five would be next Saturday. So they get the extra day off between games one and two, which really helps those wild card teams because Zach Gallon pitched in game two. He will be able to come back and pitch in game two of this next series on Monday. And then with the way that this falls, you can then come back in games four and five and go with Gallon and Merrill Kelly again on regular rest. So these guys could possibly start four out of the five games in this series. So that that makes things pretty interesting, I feel like. Um, here, so looking now, another divisional matchup. A rematch of last year's division series. We talked about this before. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies uh, go to Atlanta to start game one of that series on Saturday. Uh, Chandler, your thoughts? Braves, Phillies, rematch of last year, divisional foes, matching up in the National League Division Series. Uh, this should be Atlanta series to win, but I think Philly wins. You know, uh, if I pick with my head, I pick Philly too. I think the Braves have the edge offensively. I think that Bryce Harper and Trey Turner are both hitting as good as anybody in the game right now. Trey Turner, after a really slow start, definitely turned it around. Uh, after the early August, it has really been slow, really hitting the ball well going down the stretch. Uh, I like the young center fielder. But to me, Chandler, the difference is on the mound. The Braves have to get game one 
the Phillies cannot on regular rest go with Wheeler or Nola in game one. So uh, they're going to be able to start those guys in possibly three out of five games, but not four. So the Braves have to get game one. If they don't win the first game, they're definitely not winning the series. But, you know, you have Wheeler, you have Nola, you have uh, Walker, you have other guys on the staff. And the Phillies' bullpen has been very, very good down the stretch, too. The thing that concerns me about Atlanta, you got Strider in game one. Is Freed's blister okay? Can he come back, back and pitch game two? And then w- those are the two games in Atlanta. What do you do when you go into Philly in that hostile environment? Are you throwing Bryce Elder because you don't think you're going to have Charlie Morton uh, back healthy yet? I've heard that if he can make it back, it's going to be for the NLCS. So, And then uh, Iglesias and some of those guys in that bullpen did not pitch great. Going down the stretch, I read something today. said the Atlanta Braves had the fourth worst ER, bullpen ERA in the majors in the month of September. Um, so we know that pitching carries the day. Uh, and so if Atlanta doesn't win this series, this is why. I, I do definitely think that as good a season as the Braves had and as magical as they were offensively this year, uh, they don't have all their horses healthy on the mound, and that's the thing that concerns me and makes me really kind of lean Phillies. I haven't up and predicted it, but that's what makes me kind of lean that way. Uh, Chandler, anything else you want to say on baseball before we move off this topic? No. Okay. Sunday, Chandler, game one of the WNBA Finals between the New York Liberty and the Las Vegas Aces. I I, I definitely would love to hear your thoughts uh, on this WNBA matchup and and what your thoughts are going into that because it should be fun. The series is going to go to full full set of games. Um, It's going to come down to everything's going to come down to uh, Brianna Stewart for the Liberty. The it's going to come down to what John Quell Jones does, you know, because Asia is going to get hers. The Aces have enough people. What happened in the pat in the previous series was John Quell Jones really only showed up for one game, and that was the clinching game. He only showed up for one game. I need her to be there for all of the games. So for me, if John Quell Jones averages a double double, the Liberty win. If she doesn't, they're going to get swept. This is a very interesting matchup in the regular season. Uh, I think they both won on their home floors. And then the third matchup, the Liberty won. Uh, was that on a neutral court this year somehow? Uh, um, yeah, they were doing the uh, Commissioner's Cup thing, so yeah. Yeah, Liberty beat them on a neutral court. So Liberty did get two out of three uh, from this team this year. Uh, but you know, we, we talked about it, Chandler, uh, when the free agent signings kind of poured in. And as the season before it got started, you and I on this very show uh, said after the women's Final Four and after the basketball season was over, we hope this causes people, you know, the, the viewership was so high. We hope that some people would stop and pay attention to the women's game because of the high level that these women play at. But we talked about this year that we really thought that, you know, everything was set up for there to be a Liberty versus Aces uh, WNBA Finals, and now we got it, right? And start Sunday. So, uh, you know, Sunday is – I don't know what time they're tipping Sunday. Uh, that's a tough time for ratings, I feel like, up against the NFL. But you gotta you got to run it out there at some point, so – uh, we will see. I'm, I'm looking forward to the series, though. I'm actually going to make sure to pay attention and, and kind of lock in for this. I, I think you're right. Dunkle Jones uh, has to show up. We know that Asia Wilson's going to get hers. We know that she's got some help on that team, uh, even without Candace Parker. Uh, and Brianna Stewart is probably going to get hers on the other side. Uh, so uh, what does her supporting cast do? And like you said, Dunkle Jones is probably – 
the biggest piece of that. Well, not probably. She is uh, the biggest piece of that. Uh, so, Chandler, I'm going to hit real quick. I, I know you said it many times that Brian Kelly is not that guy. I said I was going to do this. So I, I need to go in for a minute on what I saw this past Saturday in Oxford, Mississippi. This LSU team was soft. Soft like Eddie Murphy told Martin Lawrence in life, soft with a capital T. This team gave up 700-plus yards of uh, offense to Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. Uh, I I don't know what else you want Jaden Daniels to do. He had one turnover, uh, but at the end of the day, he had (laughs) – listen, this team had 600 yards of their own, and this team put up 49 points on the road. This LSU team missed 34 tackles. 34 tackles that resulted in almost 300 yards of offense for Ole Miss in this game. I've never seen an LSU defense this bad. Um, Now, uh, uh, they go to Missouri this weekend. We'll see what they can do uh, there. It does not look promising. This is going to be a long season uh, for Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers. I will say a couple of different things. Uh, I, I think the defensive coordinator needs to be gone. I think that they need to make some changes on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think there's a very good possibility that Brian Kelly is not that coach. I've said before, I thought he was the best hire considering the other names that were mentioned. Maybe there should have been some other names considered. However, I do want to say a couple things. Uh, after 2019, LSU lost a lot of guys to the draft. The next year, their starting quarterback gets hurt. Um, but uh, Ed Ogeron lost a lot of that team in the wake of the George Floyd scandal. Uh, when all that went down and people were protesting on campus, and justifiably so, and his team decided to show up to the protest, the way he handled that uh, really lost a lot of that team. Uh, it was right after, in the wake of that, that some people opted out, and you know some other guys ended up or came up quote unquote injured. And Ed was running around with, um, Ed was running around, couldn't keep his thing in his pants, running around with a lot of women and showing out. Uh, and, and you know this married man chasing women and just letting you know the fame. Uh, get the best of him and not really focusing and doing the things that uh, he did in the years previous trying to build this uh, program back up and recruit with the same passion and fervor that he recruited with leading up to that. So uh, that factors into it. And then the following year, it just kind of got worse. Uh, This team kept running out Finley and Max Johnson at quarterback. Uh, Finley is having some success now at Texas State after a failed stint in Auburn, and Max Johnson is now starting for Texas A&M. Because their guy's gone, but the roster got depleted. Uh, you know, when at the end of the bowl game, Ogeron's last year that he didn't even coach for, and they didn't have uh, a starting quarterback because they didn't want to burn the kid's red shirt. LSU had 39 scholarship players. Uh, now, they brought in Brian Kelly. He got Jaden Daniels to come in. I do believe that LSU surpassed any expectations that anybody would have had for them last year. I didn't expect this team to go 9-3 and three a season ago. I didn't expect them to represent the West. Uh, this team's taking a step back. It takes time to build a program. So we will see, but I am not uh, – I, I am much more skeptical uh, after what I've seen the first few weeks of this year, uh, I never really was one of these people saying, oh, we got the answer. Our Savior has come to our program. This is a guy that has lost a lot of big games over the course of his coaching career. Uh, but I was willing to give the benefit of the doubt. Well, a lot of that benefit has been lost with me. There's a lot more doubt than benefit in my head right now. Uh, they're not going to run him off yet. There's going to at least be 
some time to see if he can continue to build this program. But it doesn't look good right now. You got a chance to redeem yourself Saturday. Don't have high hopes. You gave up 700 yards of offense. You missed 34 tackles. Uh, and I understand that there needs to be some rebuilding on the uh, on this team, but there is still a good bit of NFL talent in that locker room and on the field wearing purple and gold. And this is an inexcusable performance. Uh, everybody in that building ought to be ashamed of themselves. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball and on that coaching staff, as far as what they're teaching, how they're doing it, and how they're executing, uh, this was this was terrible. This was n- not the standard of what we're used to with LSU football. And if you can't fix it over the next year or two, uh, you won't have an address in Baton Rouge very long, Brian Kelly. So uh, that's all I got on that. Uh, Chandler, I'm just, you know, obviously a fan of of my squad and feel like I need to get that out of my system. And I know you've said uh, similar things about Kelly not being the guy and always choking in big games. Uh, before, is there anything else you want to say and pile on to this? Uh, this rant? Listen, Brian Kelly is a ten and two, nine and three, eleven and one guy. At the end of the season, the numbers are going to look good. The record, I, I still think you're going to guys are going to win ten games. Um, but at the end of the season, it's going to look like you had a good season by the numbers, but you'll know that you didn't. That's who Brian Kelly is. You know, he's the guy who drives you to the club, but he can't get you in the VIP. It's really that simple. So at some point, they'll decide that they're tired of standing outside the velvet rope, and they'll get rid of him. Yeah, and, and I think at this point, uh, it's shame on Ed Ogeron with the, what, what he let this program deteriorate to. Um, LSU had two 500 regular seasons in his last two years there uh, immediately after a national championship. Okay, uh, he can might we have been stop with the – can we stop? Because Ed O'Dron didn't do that alone. You and I both know that everybody in that damn administration knew what he was doing and had been doing for years. This, he didn't suddenly just start doing this. Okay, this is who this man is always – you don't suddenly start doing the things he did. That doesn't happen overnight. You've always, this is who you've always been, but nobody cared because there was not enough of, of a spotlight, and you hadn't taken the school far enough so that now it was really noticeable. This is who Edward Orgeron has always been. And if you think those people in the administration didn't know what was going on, then you, you know what I'm saying? Come on, son. They knew. But as long as the team was winning, they didn't care. Once they stopped winning, suddenly everybody cared. So this is not just on Ogeron. This is on the entire administrative department. There, I 100% agree with you, but he also doesn't get a pass for letting the program go down either. And I will say this. There has been changes uh, in the last few years. In the last year that Ogeron was there, LSU did make some changes uh, in the athletic department and try to address some of that even above because uh, there was a very, very bad picture. There was a lot of stuff that some people allowed to go on when Les Miles was there. And so in the wake of some of this stuff, uh, there were some pretty big changes uh, from the administration down. The president was gone, so they couldn't replace him, but he lost his job where he went to. Uh, the athletic director uh, changed they finally got rid of Joe Oliva, who I didn't really like as the athletic director in the first place. Uh, you know, he was uh, he was a guy that had came from Duke uh, in the wake of a lot of scandals that had happened there, and so uh, that was that was a change that needed to be made too. So there was definitely some changes made uh, in the administration office as well uh, at LSU, and so hopefully they're on a better path. Uh, we will see. Uh, you know, I. I was glad to see the guy that they did get to come back as the athletic director. They got him to come back there from Texas A&M. He's a local Baton Rouge dude who grew up, you know, with purple and gold in his veins. So, uh, you know, he's the guy that brought Kim Mulkey. He's the guy that hired Brian Kelly. He's the guy that has done some other things too. 
you know, hopefully help this uh, athletic program restore some of its some of what it was uh, missing and had kind of gotten away from. So, no, you're definitely right. It wasn't just Ed Ogeron. There was definitely uh, a lot of things that people looked the other way, and not just with him as coach, with the guy that was there for many years before him. So, uh, for sure, I, I've never denied that at all. Uh, real quick to the NFL, uh, we have talked about the Steelers and the Giants at nauseam this week. We've also talked about, I just mentioned the Bears, how they uh, blew another 21-point lead and lost to Denver this past weekend. Uh, they're playing well tonight, actually, against the Commanders on Thursday Night Football. Uh, I talked about last night how poor the Saints offense was and how it's it, even if you do need a new defensive coach and even if you do need a head coach, which they do, uh, Derek Carr couldn't throw the ball down the field. I don't know that Derek Carr is the answer at quarterback either for this team. So, um, lots of struggles offensively. And even the best defense is going to struggle if you can't ever help them out offensively. Uh, Tanner, we also talked a little bit last night about the performance of Mac Jones this past weekend uh, against Dallas. Anything that caught your eye past Sunday around the NFL that that you want to speak on at all. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm tired of the Russell Wilson bashing because it ain't his fault. I don't want to hear what the team is still losing. Um, Sean Payton is supposed to be some sort of guru. Um, the team still sucks. Sean Payton, and I've said this to you before, I've never believed in Sean Payton. I thought he got way too much credit. Um for New Orleans, I thought I thought he they gassed him up and made him sound like he walked on water, and now we're seeing he's not that great a damn coach. Um, without Drew Brees, suddenly he's just an average coach. It's funny how that works. Um, it's not stop killing Justin Fields. The Bears are terrible. Mm-hmm. The Bears are terrible. The Bears are terrible. And, yeah, they're beating the commanders, but, you know, Ron Rivera ain't a great coach either. So, um, you know what I'm saying? You got two bad coaches playing, and at some point they need to go ahead and fire Ron Rivera and hire Eric Bieniemy. Especially since Ron Rivera already tried to throw Bieniemy under the bus in the off season with that whole "the players don't like him" thing. But outside of that, man, you know, and miss me with the Zach Wilson finally found it. Yeah, Zach Wilson is trash, has been trash, and always will be trash. <laughs> uh, any- any comments on what you saw from Daniel Jones and the Giants? They should have paid Saquon, but we already said that. What is up with the Giants in the second year for coaches? Uh, same with McAdoo, same with Judge, same that they come in, they they show some fire in the in the first year, and they play pretty well, and then the second year they just return back to what they were uh, before. I, I don't know it. Uh, this is going to be a team uh, that could very well have a top five draft pick uh, coming up this coming April. Uh, it, it did not look good. I, I saw a post on X, formerly known as Twitter, and the post said, describe Daniel Jones in one word, and my response was, sat. Like, many times he got uh, sack this past weekend, and this really wasn't even against the team that has a vaunted defense. There's no more Legion of Boom. There's no main like big name pass rushers on this team, and they still got to them ten times. Uh, not pretty for them. Uh, not pretty in New Orleans. I'll be honest with you. I was hoping that Eric Bieniemy would be the hire when they hired Dennis Allen. Uh, I said last night they tried to keep a lot of the structure in place, thinking it would sort of ease the. Uh, the transition, and it's not what needed to happen. He, you know, Sean Payton, and once he realized that, that Taysom Hill wasn't going to be the guy that he possibly thought, he had to just jump, get out of town. Um, and, you know, I think we're going to see in Denver, as we said before, no coach has gone to another team uh, after winning a Super Bowl has gone to a second team and been able to uh, win another one. So, uh, I don't think that Sean Payton is going to be uh, the exception to that rule. 
Uh, let's see. We're down to just the last couple minutes. Uh, NBA media day started this week. Lakers are running it back. James Harden actually showed up. Uh, don't know if there's a whole lot of significance to that. Uh, Chandler, I haven't talked to you since then. I'm going to get this in real quick before we get ready to shut this down. Um, Dane Lillard to Milwaukee, and then Jimmy Butler comes out and basically accuses uh, the Bucks of tampering uh, in, uh, in his first interview during media day. Your thoughts on this deal that ended up with Drew Holiday eventually landing in Boston, uh, Robert Williams going to Portland, Malcolm Brogdon going to Portland, um, and then the pieces that, that Portland got. Your thoughts on this Dane Lillard deal? It was a great deal for all teams involved. Um, I didn't see that coming. Nobody did. Great job by Milwaukee. Um, we'll just have to see how it works out. I don't think this season they win this championship, but I think they do next season because they got to learn to work together. But this was a great trade for everybody. Um, but uh, a Joseph Nurkic in, in Phoenix missed me with all of the Joseph Nurkic talk in Phoenix. He is a walking injury, so forget him. You guys are bum. The, the, the only thing that concerns me about Milwaukee originally with this deal is I do think you're going to miss Holiday's on-ball defense. I think you're going to love what you get from Dane offensively. Um, I like uh, replacing, basically replacing Brogdon with Holiday uh, in Boston. I think that that's, uh, a, that's a good fit. The only thing that really concerns me uh, about this deal for Boston is losing Robert Williams. I thought that uh, over the course of the playoffs last year, I thought the Celtics looked a little thin inside, uh, and I and this kind of takes away from what they have uh, on the interior. So uh, I think that hurts them a little bit right now. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I, you know, you now you have DeAndre Ayton got, uh, got out of Phoenix. He goes to Portland. Uh, you got him and Robert Williams both as far as inside guys to go along with the kids sharp and to go along with some of the other kids that they have uh, on that squad. We're going to see uh, what kind of coach Chauncey Billups is, right? He's got uh, a chance to kind of coach him up. And this is a team with, without a ton of expectations, but at least uh, DeAndre Ayton does not have to be in a system or subject to a coach not liking him or being kind of petty um, as far as, uh, you know, how he treats him and, and how that goes. So I, I think that there was a lot of criticism uh, of that contract when Aiden signed it. Uh, they didn't necessarily want to keep him. So I think he gets to go somewhere where I, I think he's going to feel more wanted and there's not going to be all the strife in the, in the locker room. Um, you know, Phoenix got a couple pieces maybe to help them with that. Um, I just don't think uh, I don't think this Phoenix team is a championship team, uh, but we will see. Uh, Chandler, we're going to get into more NBA talk as a quick closeout. Anything you want to say before we get out of here? No, I'm I'm not doing all that. Just have a good night, man. Triple better, man. 9 p.m. Eastern time, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. Check out our shows in NFL front office, Callers Cookout, Roundtable, Gumbo. Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern time, a Sunday morning brunch where we hit all the things that happen on the on the uh, we on the weekend, and we set the table for you for Sunday's action in the week ahead. Royce is coming out with a front office uh, NBA show coming up soon as well. SportsCityChefs.com. Check out the website. Everything we got going on there. Laissez les bons temps rouler as always. And it's time to say, tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, well, now they know. Thanks to Chandler. Thanks to everybody involved. And we will talk to you on Sunday. Peace. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.